This is me, your host of Me So Asian, where we discuss and explore topics related to the Asian American experience. Stay tuned to learn about my favorite childhood memories growing up in a Hmong household. Welcome back. It's my pleasure to have you join me in on the first episode of Me So Asian. And considering that it is the first episode, I wanted to touch upon something that was personal and yet still very much part of the Hmong culture. And that is storytelling. The Hmong are storytellers. Growing up, my parents would tell us folk tales and we would gather around them as they typically sat on the couch and we sat on the floor because there was a few of us. As we sat there around them, they would act out some of the scenes and their facial expressions would match everything. And it was literally like watching and attending a live theater show. One of the stories that they told us was the creation story and the famous story of Yur and the tiger, or in other words, Yur is Zai, which is also the Hmong word for youngest daughter, and tiger is Chu, so the story of Zai, Hatu Chu. So in the story, Zai had realized that her father was no longer her father, but a tiger. For the tiger had eaten her father while he was out in the jungle hunting for food. So Zai had then went on to grab a bowl of hot peppers or gozo. She then climbed up to the loft. Every time the tiger would jump closer and closer to her to taunt her and try to eat her, she would take a spoonful of the gozo and throw it at him. And my parents would act this scene out and they would switch between the tiger and Zai and they would do all the right emotions and facial expression. It was just so fun to watch and be a part of. And it was memorable. It was something that was part of our culture that was being preserved and passed down. And yet it was also very entertaining. And as kids, we got to see our parents be silly and goofy with this. And I love that. It was a time for us to bond as family and also for us to see a side of them that we typically don't when we think about parents. So that was one of the folk tales that they told us growing up. Another way that storytelling was present and took a part of my childhood was when we gathered together at either community events, celebrations, or funeral. And so all the elders would gather together and they would sit around and just talk and tell stories. A lot of times the stories were about Laos and their life before the war, during the war and after the war. Being someone who is born in America and never having to experience that, it seemed like a foreign land to me. But at the same time, I felt so familiar with it because of all the stories that I've heard. 
When the elders told stories, it was like going on an epic journey. There was the beginning, the middle, the end, the climax, the struggles, the wins and victories that you would all find in a story or a movie. And growing up in the 90s, we didn't have the same technology that we do today. There was no such thing as Google and YouTube. So a lot of things that I learned was through the elders, my parents, and the community, there wasn't a lot of information and resources at that time for the Hmong. Many Americans back then had no idea who we were compared to now. There's still many Americans who don't know who we are, but now we are more well-known. There are more resources available. The Hmong has now more studies done about them and so forth. Besides the storytelling itself, there's also the language. The Hmong language is a tonal language. What this simply means is that the definition of a word will change depending on the tone that is being used. I also like to say that when the Hmong people talk, it's very descriptive, animated, and colorful. When we say something, when we tell you something, or when we're talking about something, it is just not as simple as that. It is a whole story. When I got to middle school, this actually backfired on me. And again, we're talking about how two different cultures contradict with each other. Before this, my reading writing has always been very notable. Ahead of my peers, received a lot of praises. But when it came to middle school, this was the first time I truly struggled with writing. I was receiving so many corrections and comments on how wordy my writing was. And it would be like, cross this words out. It's too wordy. Too many details. Get to the point. That was my favorite one. Be concise. And I didn't understand what was going on because I've always been good at writing. It was one of my strengths. And now I was struggling and it made no sense to me. I really thought I was a horrible writer. And during middle school, I actually started to hate writing because there was a lot of frustration. It seemed like whatever I wrote just was never good enough for the standards of the classroom or the teacher. So my love for creative writing slowly began to diminish at this three years of my life. I also didn't really enjoy reading at this point in my life. Both of them just felt dead to me. The joy of reading and writing and the ability to express oneself through writing and to fantasize about a world or the characters that is built within a book was just all taken away from me. I've never actually talked about this experience in middle school. So this might actually come surprising to a lot of family and friends that know me today. I am just known for my reading, my love of books, and writing. But there was a time where I absolutely hated reading and writing. Also, with the Hmong language and how we talk and tell stories, there is something we do, which I don't know if I'm describing this correctly, but for me, I say we stretch out a word. And when we do that, it also helps convey how much we are referring to and any emotions behind it. 
For example, to say pretty, it would be zhonggao. To say you are pretty, you would say ga zhonggao. However, to convey and express that it's just more than being pretty, but she is so pretty that she captivated you and you are sincere about it and you want to also flirt with her, you would now say ga zhonggao. And so when you stretch out the zhong part, you change the meaning of a simple compliment to something greater. It can be out of flattery, flirtation, deep admiration, all of that. So this was something that wasn't just common in everyday talk, but in also storytelling. Here is a common opening to how stories are told in Hmong. I want you to pay attention to how it sounds like and how it comes off compared to something very traditional that you will see in fairy tales, which is in a far, far away land. An opening that is equivalent to that in the Hmong storytelling would be Now let's combine some of these Hmong words to tell a story. How did you do? Were you able to catch all the fluctuations and even how I double up on zhong zhong? So doubling up on a word is another method of how you can emphasize whatever it is that you are talking about. And obviously in the English language, you wouldn't say you are pretty pretty. You would say you are extremely pretty. And that was how we conveyed the same kind of message. Lastly, I also struggled in the classroom when it came to circle reading time or having to read with a buddy or a peer because it was just very flat and monotone to me. And so to try to read a book or listen to how a book is being read in the classroom, it was very hard to focus. So what I would do a lot of time was I would zone out and I would start creating my own stories in my head to kill time. But there's also a factor that contributed to this, and that is that I was identify as a gifted child. I will cover more on giftedness in another episode later on in the season, but I wanted you to get an idea of some of the factors that had influenced me and how that collided with some of the principles and values of a traditional American classroom. When I think about how the American school system has shaped me for the majority of my life, because honestly, I've been going to school for a very long time, it's unfortunate that this part of me the Hmong storytelling, it's becoming a lost art. Even among the younger generation, the technology is there. They're so used to just going on YouTube. They're so used to just getting whatever they want within reach. And there isn't this time anymore to sit around and bond with each other and listen to the elders or whoever tell stories, tell folk tales, and to pass that along from generation to generation. There really isn't a need as much anymore because before the Hmong didn't have a written system for the longest time. And so our ancestors were passing things down from word of mouth and also from our cloth, which is known as the bandao. And so now that information is easily accessed and you can read anything you want to read about, 
I think that just takes away from these kinds of memories of being formed and being able to look back at it and go, this is a part of being Hmong, is this storytelling, this bonding time, these moments of getting to hear about the folk tales from your parents and then having the opportunity to also now pass it down. Whether you have folk tales to tell or not, we all have stories to tell and how you tell those stories are equally as important. I encourage you to tell your story or listen in on one, whether that means also exploring what storytelling is in your culture. With that, you can find me on all my social media at MeSoAsian. And I would love to hear from you and connect with you and maybe trade stories. Until next time, thank you for joining me. I had a lot of fun talking about my childhood and storytelling. I hope you were able to learn something from that. Happy storytelling!